Welcome to A Cup and a Conversation. I'm Grant Onks, Community Economic Development Director for the City of Brunswick. Today I have Greg Clement, President, CEO, Grand Poobah of Mapleside Farms. He and his wife Kelly uh, bought the farm a number of years ago, and we're going to learn all about that as well as all the different activities that take place there. Greg, thanks for coming. Oh, it's awesome to be here. Thanks for having us for sure. Well, Greg, Mapleside has a long history of being in Brunswick and the background of it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so Mapleside, so where Mapleside is located, it's basically been a farm for the last 200 years, you know, early 1800s. Uh, the Tillotson family originally owned in the early, bought Mapleside in the early 1800s. They sort of, you know, incorporated it as a farm. And uh, that's the current version of Mapleside. Go, it goes back over 200 years. And uh, what's, what's pretty cool is the Tillotson family owned it for a little over 100 years. And then in 1927, there was a family lived up in Cle- yeah, Cleveland, the Isons, and uh, they had a child. So there was a couple. They had a young boy who was a year old or almost a year old who was very sickly. And they kept taking him to the doctor up in Cleveland, up by the IX Center they, 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 they lived. And uh, a doctor prescribed good old-fashioned country sunshine. So they told the Ison family to move out to Brunswick because they, obviously Brunswick so was So the prescription was, was, was for sunshine. Land. Good old-fashioned country sunshine. And, and so, so they bought the farm from the Tillotsons, the Isons, uh, you know, Elmer and Clara in 1927. And, and, you know, I've been, I'm 40, what, 47 years old. I, I grew up in Brunswick and I'd been going to Mapleside since I was a kid. Uh, I remember being four or five years old and that same one-year-old baby who was, who was sickly. And, and when he moved to Mapleside, right, guess what happened? Everything cleared up. He grew up to be a healthy, strong, strapping young man. He sort of took over Mapleside farms from his parents. And most of us who are alive today, like the patriarch of Mapleside Farms is Apple Bill Ison. So, so I remember him like bending over, like five years old, and him handing me an apple. And and you know, I looked up at him, and like larger than than life, he was this. He was the he was Paul mythical Bunyan figure. For you. Yeah, he was sure. he was unbelievable, um, unbelievably kind and generous, and just a a great steward of the property and the community and that part of Brunswick, the north end of Brunswick. Um, uh, Bill and Jane Eisen, he married Jane Eisen, and, and that's the patriarch and matriarch, and they had a bunch of kids. And so so depending on your age, right, Mapleside Farms has a different meaning if you're in your 60s or 70s versus your 40s or 50s versus, you know, your teenager or 20. Uh, we bought the farm in 2010, late 2010, and it was sort of a surreal experience, again, because we, my wife Kelly and I had been going here since we were kids, and and. The property of City of Brunswick had approved the year before or two years earlier housing development, right? Because you can't really stop the path of progress. You know, they were going to sell it to to a developer, local developer outside of Brunswick. Okay. But uh, I think there were 228 or 236 homes planned and they were starting to plot it out. The housing market sort of collapsed in 2008-ish. Uh, so they paused that. The developer paused that with the Isons. Then we stepped in and we, we actually bought the property before that developer was able to get their hands back on it. And, and you know, it's funny because we've had developers over the years 
ask us when we're developing it. Like, you know, when are we going to maximize its highest and best use is, is what in commercial real estate, that term is like, hey, you want to buy a property, you want to maximize it for the highest and best use. Well, we believe strongly that its highest and best use is exactly what it is right now. A farm in the middle of the city and right. do a bunch of cool events and yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, because... Um Obviously, being the development director and being in what what uh, you do on besides running the farm, you are in the commercial real estate business with uh, a specialized software and, yep. and other mechanisms. So you understand that all too well. And when you start analyzing that value and that use of that property, how many visitors do you get annually? Uh, just to yeah, ballpark it. Pro- probably close to 400,000 visitors a year. So 400,000 visitors a year. I don't think a housing development in Brunswick, Ohio would see 400,000 visitors no. a year. No, for sure. And I think the economic impact of, of that, right, it being sort of a tourist attraction, if you will, a little little bit you know it definitely helps out you know the other businesses in the area and people coming in the gas stations and restaurants um so we have we've never calculated the economic impact of that but again i think we we feel pretty strong strongly that we'd like to keep the farm for 100 years absolutely we'd like to you got this string of families who've owned it for roughly 100 years at a time hopefully the clements can have it you know well into the you know well into the end of this century well you've got uh, you've got three up and comers that uh, yeah. certainly could right. certainly could potentially be part of that evolution right, over sure. time and who knows by that time maybe maybe kids are are riding um, ai horses yeah. Um, and so yeah. it's the experience of going up and down and yeah. and uh, at the same time you're sitting in your lazy boy chair. I, who, who knows? Virtual reality going. is going to get big for sure in the future. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. So interestingly enough, uh, so you've got 400,000 plus visitors a year and you've got all kinds of activities there. What are some of the activities that you have there? So when we bought the farm, we knew it had some economic uncertainty at the time, right, that that we made the purchase. So we're a big fan of just asking customers, asking your guests what they like. Like what did what did they like about Mapleside? What what didn't they like? So we did that through surveys and we took the Ison's email list and, and our Facebook group and that first year we sort of did a ton of surveys. We asked everybody, hey, what makes you come to Mapleside? Besides the view, right? It's one of the highest points in the county. You see the sunset. That's I think the primary reason, just the beauty of the farm. But what do you like doing at Mapleside? Because the view doesn't pay the bills, right? The reason there was this a ton of economic uncertainty about it was because you got to pay the property taxes, you got to pay all the team members, you got to you, right, you got to pay insurance, you got to pay the mortgage. There's all these expenses in running a business, especially the farm that big in the middle of the city. And, and it is big. How many acres is it now? Uh, 145-ish or so, maybe okay. 147. That's quite yeah. significant. Yeah, it's a bunch of different especially, parcels. Especially yeah. in a city. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And a wholly yep. developed, a, a very developed city with developed areas along with a city to the north that's ex- extremely yeah. developed. So you've got a lot of um, suburban, urban type atmosphere going around and then you have almost like a central park in new york yeah in the middle of it yeah which is yeah. really phenomenally awesome yeah yeah i think it's cool when we see when we see people who've never been to Mapleside, um because you mentioned our other like technology co- company and we have a company that's a software company that's sort of at, after college i got into real estate and then we got into real estate technology and that's sort of that gave us the ability to do things like Mapleside, 
right? right. And, and um, even with the economic uncertainty, we knew that we could weather the storms. As long as we could turn this ship around a little bit, we could, you know, sustain it. But when we see new people coming to, to the farm, right, for the first time, their eyes light up. Like when they walk on that hill or when they turn and see the jump park, the kids see the jump park around the ice cream, it's like they're experiencing it for the first time. That's one of the coolest things every single season to, to know that we're giving, you know, a tremendous amount of joy to a lot, a lot of families and helping them make memories, right, for the last hundred ye- years. Uh, you mentioned the events. So right, a lot of the, the events, a lot of the sur- your surveys that we did, it was funny because people would always uh, – We'd always have success when we did an event at the farm. When we bought the place, we kept the restaurant going. We actually put a lot, a lot of money in the restaurant, right? We built a wine bar up top, even though we're not a restaurant family. And the restaurant proceeded to lose money every month except the fall. So it literally, the first couple of years of ownership, lost money, lost money, lost money. You make some money in the fall just because of the sheer amount of people that show up. Right. You can't not make money in the fall, but then you got to get through the 10 months out of the year that you're losing money. So we ran it for two years. We had like this professional restaurant tour come in and run the restaurant for two additional ye- years. And then we realized, wow, people just don't think to come to Mapleside in the off season Wednesday for lunch. They come in the fall with their families for dinner. Right. Um, but, but it wasn't that for some reason, that mental block in people. So the restaurant, the restaurant, we, we unfortunately had to shut it down. We, tr- we, we, we transformed it into the lodge, which is a venue for events. And that was the big, that, that was the best decision we've ever made just to get, get the property in that rent financial foundation, because it allowed us to build the barn. Yep. Uh, recently we built a waterfall behind it, which is a new venue. So now we have the lodge, the barn and the waterfall. You, you could effectively have three weddings go- going on at the farm Right at one time, you can have three corporate events. You, you can have a class, class reunion. We do proms and homecomings. Uh, so it's so it's really cool. It gives us that stability. And then we do the concerts in the barn in the winter, right? There's not a lot of weddings in the winter in Northeast Ohio, so we do concerts in the barn. Uh, we do the concerts on the hill, right? The concerts over the valley in the summer, which everybody loves. We get from two to 5,000 people, you know, on the hillside every week. Um, we And we do our festivals, our festivals. The flagship season is Pumpkin Village in the fall, mid-September right. through the end of October. It's only six to seven weeks a year, but the farm morphs into this, you know, one of the coolest family experiences in the country. It's really a living, breathing organism. Yeah. It really, yeah. I mean, yeah. it comes alive. Yeah, it really does. It really does for sure. And, and you know, it's not just a pumpkin patch. It's not just a place to get a hayride. You know, we have plays like professional actors who do a play. We have pig races. The funniest thing in the world is the pig races. If you haven't been out there recently to see the pig races, we have the blue barn and we have we have these eight pigs and we race four at a time every hour, hour and a half. And the crowds are ridiculously large. And we have two comedians, two professional comedians who come out and they basically, it's the MSPN, Mapleside Sports Network. Okay. And they do this whole show, dog and pony show with the pig races. People absolutely love the pig races. It's over pretty quick. You know, you think that pigs are slow. These pigs run around that track pretty quick in under a minute. But uh, it's a great build-up anticipation. Then, boom, we open up the gate, and they run around, and, and we give them a treat. You know, when they get – that's how you train little piglets sure. to run because okay. they don't like to run. <laughs> but we train them with food. So we put food at the end of the race. It's like Pavlov. Yeah, like, I'm assuming like you're not giving them bacon. 
No, no bacon. Okay. No bacon. Like sugar Oreos. Sugar Oreos. They're, no, okay. they're number one food that we found. Yeah, Oreo cookies are a great pig food. <laughs> right? It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's very cool. So you talked about you talked about weddings, and weddings is really um, a huge business all across the country and the world. How many weddings would you estimate a year you're doing there? We do a little over 100 weddings a year. Wow, that's yeah. a lot of weddings. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, again, in the weekends of six months, our season, we have, we have peak season and then off season. So from May through November, we'll do, you know, four to six weddings a weekend. Wow. Because we have the double venues and people get married on Friday. A lot of brides and grooms are deciding to get married on Fridays. Well, Saturdays is prime, obviously. A number one choice, and 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 we're pretty booked for the next couple of years on set, yeah, Saturdays. So we we've, we've opened up. We we offer significant discounts for Friday and Sunday. Okay. And brides and grooms, uh, they they really don't mind getting married, you know, on a Friday because obviously sure. you have the whole weekend to enjoy it. And and uh, you know, wedding happens what four or five o'clock at night anyway, so people are off work. So Fridays is becoming a big big wedding time for us. Um, and it's about execution. You know, we, we, we partner with Taste of Excellence, which is a great catering partner uh, right down the hill in Strong, yeah, Strongsville. So they handle all the calls. We have the venue, then they handle the catering and all the planning and all that stuff. Sure, sure. Well, that's exciting. And, and so you've got essentially three venues running. And one of the coolest, newest things you've got there is the waterfall. Yeah. How, how'd that come about, Greg? So we're always looking, you mentioned, right, farm in the middle of the city. And we're always looking. Okay, how can we how can we unlock more of the treasure that is Mapleside Farms? Like you know, right. it's this incredibly beautiful and authentic place, and we don't want to develop it, right? We don't want to right. put big buildings. We don't want to put apartments. We don't want to put assisted living facility there. And we've been approached over the last ten or twelve yeah twelve years by you know dozens of different developers or people who have ideas for what we should be doing with Mapleside, right? Right. So we have to realize that okay, we're a very cool, be- beautiful place to do an event like a wedding or to come with your family for an experience like Pumpkin Village. Um, the barn, that waterfall's always been there. It's funny because on Facebook, so, yeah, social media, when we sort of let the word leak out that we're building a waterfall pavilion, right? we call it the waterfall, right? We right. have the lodge at Mapleside Farms. We have the barn at Mapleside Farms. And now we have the waterfall at Mapleside Farms. When we let the word out, people thought that we built a waterfall at Mapleside. Right. No, no. You actually, God built this thing, right? Right, right a million years ago. And it years, is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's crazy. It's the very north end of the farm. Um, when we had to buy the parking, right, because everybody remembers parking, just having a conversation with you. You used to park across the street. Now we bought the parcels because they they developed that. And there's really nice apartments across the street now, there the orchard. Uh, very high-end professional apartments. Um, but obviously we can't park there anymore. So now we, we had to buy the, rent the parcels down Pearl road and we bought 14 acres off Boston. Um, when we did that, we sort of, Hey, we have this waterfall. We're not doing anything with it. So behind the barn, we just cleared it out. It was like brush and weeds and, uh, cleared that out and you can see this waterfall. So we just cut the tops off two grain bin silos. So these 45 foot grain bin pavilions cut the tops off from the roofs and we mounted them, poured a concrete pad, pad essentially, and and we essentially carved into the earth, into the rock, because it's all rock there. 
Right. The crazy thing is about that part of Brunswick, like with Princess Ledges, going all the way down yeah. that fault line. They, they say it's the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. It's in a historical book for Brunswick or something. And they say from that point uh, right east, it's hilly and rocky. You get into Hinkley, North Royalton, and it is. And from that point west, that's why we can see for so right so far, it's it's flat for hundreds of miles. And you get into like Columbia Station and Elyria, like you can see, you can almost see yeah, Cedar Point, right? Right, right. right. Per, per, a pair of binoculars, you can actually see the top thrill dragster. You see it out there and you take binoculars or a telescope, it's that. Right. So that's crazy. Um, but we got this idea to build the waterfall just to sort of unlock that part of the farm, the, the beauty of that part of the farm. It turned out really well, for sure. Oh, that's great. That's great. And, and you know, so so the the three families that have that have had it over the years, with with the Clements now being the, the holders of the, of the yeah. property, if you will, um, what does that mean for you? What, describe for me how that family interaction works yeah. for you. So, so we view it as, right, you can't take it with you when you die. And I think that God, um, God is giving, God has assigned us to be the stewards of this farm for right now, right? But it's really God's property. It's God's land. We're managing it. We're helping it. We're we're trying to grow it intelligently. Um, I think our our boys. So Kelly and I have three boys: Manny, Jonah, and Elijah. Manny's twenty two, just graduated from college. Jonah's a sophomore at OU, and then we have a freshman at Ed's. Right. So all three of them have worked at the farm right from from the year we bought it. A lot of their friends have worked at the farm. As a matter of fact, sure. that's what gets us through the fall. I'm oh, not absolutely. even kidding. We, oh, no, absolutely. We go, we go from five full-time employees year-round, like salaried team, to almost 200 employees in the fall, like, like year-round. So to grow, to expand like that, we need people we can trust. We need friends and family. If you come to Mapleside, that's why it really feels like this sort of cool atmosphere if you talk to the team members because we know a lot of the people and it's their friends so i think we put our boys to work from doing kettle corn to making donuts in the snack shack to sweeping the floors uh to picking apples uh to planting grass seed Uh, the boys you know like like manny as an example could drive a tractor when when he was about 14 before he got his license um and we didn't have farming experience before we bought mapleside we didn't yeah, we grew up in Brunswick. We knew what Mapleside wa- was. But you were a suburbanite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my, like, I grew up building houses with with my dad. My, my family has a construction background, like Clement Constructions. My brother's co- yeah, company, so he does he does great work in, you know, building houses and remodels. And um, he's had that business for 30 years. So I grew up with him bossing me around because he's eight years older. Sure. Telling me to move that pile of shingles or get, or get that wood over there. And, and, right, so hard work. We're not... Like we, we totally get the hard work aspect, but the farming is a different type of work. Like if you can right. take a kid, a Brunswick high school kid or a junior high kid, and they work at Mapleside during the fall, every other job is easy to them. And we've had people over the last 10, 12 years tell us that, that they get in the That's professional right. workforce. The hardest job they've had was October Mapleside Farms. Yes. I mean, honestly. Yes. So it's great. Right. Yeah. My, uh, on a side note, my, my wife happened to, uh, be a, a farm kid, grew up on some very large farms in Texas and Illinois. And, uh, 
they, uh, you know, the typical workday started at truly at 5 a.m. So you yeah. were up at 4 having breakfast, which means the folks that were, that were cooking were up before that cooking. And you were up and you were out in the fields and, and on the farm working before you went off to school. Then you came home. And I tell the story that my wife started driving tractors and other things at age 4. Yeah, because where crazy. they lived, the closest neighbor was over 2 miles away. So you can imagine... Yeah all the things that take place at a farm. So I can appreciate that and your yeah. boys doing that hard work. So one of the biggest things at your farm is the orchard itself. Yeah. Is, is uh, you, you have apples. Yeah. What about these apples? Yeah, 18 varieties of apples, almost 4,000 apple trees. Um, maple side in its heyday, like at peak apple uh, capacity, they had a little over 8,000 apple trees. If, if I remember Bill Ison, you know, the conversation, obviously we didn't own it at that time. Right. right. But, uh, they had over 8,000, almost 9,000 apple trees and they, they have 18 varieties. So everything from the Melrose, the Jonathan, the red delicious, the Fuji, you know, wine sap, honey crisp, you know, we planted a few honey crisp trees. Honey crisps are amazing. I don't know if you guys have had those apples. They're so delicious. It's almost yeah. a dessert. You know, you're yes. eating fruit, but it's almost a dessert. Uh, very expensive to grow, very expensive to maintain. They're a very particular type of apple. That's why they're more expensive. They're like double the cost of a Melrose. I right? didn't know anything. that. Yeah, Honeycrisp. There's like gourmet apples, they call them in the industry. And okay. certain yeah, types of apples are just um, designed because you design an apple. And the funny thing, the thing is we talked about Apple Bill Ison in the 50s. Or 60s, he went to Ohio State. He got a pomology degree. A pomology degree. Which is a fruit-growing agricultural, Ohio State big agricultural college. Bill got a degree in pomology, which which is essentially fruit-growing. And he, Bill Eisen, invented the Melrose apple. So he took a wow. Jonathan, the seeds of a Jonathan with the Red Delicious, and you... Like you germinate the seeds together and you can create a new type of apple. That That's why there's literally, man, I think it, like eight, nine hundred different types of apples out there. We think of apples as an apple. You go to the store, you get a bag of apples. Well, what kind of apple is it? And what we've realized is that people, they're apple a particular. Like <laughs> they like wine saps and they call up and they're like, when are the wine saps or when are the Melrose picked or when are the, you know, with the Honeycrisp or Red Delicious. Um, so knowing when to pick an apple, when, when it's ripe, it's, you know, the dates vary from September, right? A, apple tree only yields fruit one time a year. So you can only pick it one one time a year. The bloom's in May, to, yeah, typically. And that's why it's so pretty. The orchard's so pretty in May. But then you see the little apple grow. It's cool. When we're down there every day, you see the little thing, and then it gets bigger and bigger, and it looks like a crab apple in the summer. And then by the fall, it's like this big, juicy honker of an apple. <laughs> um, but just knowing when, when to pick them, knowing when to prune them. I think with, with, like with an apple tree, what I didn't realize, the first year we bought the farm, the, this is a funny story. We buy the farm in 2010. So that winter, we literally bought the farm in December. January, the next month, Right, and Isons have been incredible to work with. Isons still worked there. Bill Isons still ran, which is the son of Bill and Jane. Jane Bill Ison, he's in his 60s now. He still helps run the orchard. His son, Billy, who was like 12 or 13 when we bought the farm, now is our orchard manager. So he lives wow. on the property. He runs okay. it. Yeah. 
So that, that connection between the Isons and the Clements is positive. It's always been super positive. We, we've always leaned on them and relied on them quite heavily to just continue the tradition of this place. Because like we didn't change the name. Stu- as you talk about, there's that stewardship. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's like, why didn't you change the name? I, well, why in the heck would we change the name for Mapleside? <laughs> it's got such a great reputation. So we just, we just sort of kept rolling. But we buy the farm. Bill Isons down in the orchard. And I go down in the orchard. He was pruning the apple trees. Okay. In January. In January. So late January. I go down there with Kelly, and we see literally these apple trees, like half of the trees are gone. Like the branches are cut off. We're like, we were shocked. So I'm thinking in my head, oh my God, like, are we destroying the trees? Like, <laughs> like what is happening? From the, you know, the naked eye, it's like, what just happened here? But Bill is like, no, we, like you have to actually prune the branches in order for the fruit to grow healthy on the rest of the tree. If you just let an apple tree grow wild which a lot, a lot of people do in their backyard. They, like, they never prune the tree. Right. And they say, why, why can't we grow apples? Well, their tree is as big as this room. Like, it <laughs> spreads wide. Like, you need to prune it every year pretty consistently. You cut more off than you think you should in order to save and preserve the quality of the apple for the next year. It's crazy. But it makes sense because that tree from the root system is only going to bring in a certain amount of nutrients and water. Right. So if you're trying to serve 300 apples... You're going to get right. 300 tiny apples versus 150, right, big solid at, right, apples. So pruning, we learned about pruning. and So it's really about the quality and not necessarily the quantity. It's totally the quality. Yeah, I think Mapleside is known for the quality of its fruit. A lot of Ohio or, get orchards. There's some unbelievable Ohio orchards around us. Um, and like our caramel apples, right? We pick those apples. We dip them in caramel. Yeah. We're at like Carmel every week. We put some nuts on them and we can't keep them, can't keep them in the store. Like people come in for the caramel apples. But again, you go to the mall to get a caramel apple. It's like a crab apple, right? right? You get three little apples in a box. Ours are one apple, three times the size. You know, it's just a different experience. Sure, sure. Well, I would relate the, the, the pruning of the apple trees to the pruning of a tomato plant. Any of us that, that grow yep. tomatoes in the, in the spring and summer through, through early fall know that if you don't prune that plant, you're not going to get the right fruit. Yeah, And right. there are suckers on there and other things that because it's only got so much capacity for that energy and you want the energy to go to the fruit. I mean, yeah. that's really what you want to do. Right, for so, sure. Absolutely. So, so what do you think uh, one, of the, one of the biggest draws to your farm is? I think I know. But talk to us about how you come up with that amazing corn maze. Yeah. Every year you come up with some, some amazing design, and you've yeah. made national news for it as well. Yeah, for sure. When the Cavs won, you know, won the NBA championship uh, in 2016, we put you know, LeBron James' face in the corn maze. And we came up with the words homegrown hero, which became sort of a hashtag. Right? Like nationally, it was funny because... We designed that in the corn maze, call it, what, June-ish? Cavs won the NBA championship probably in June. So we, right when that happened, my boys had that idea. And it's usually the boys. It's usually the boys. One of the boys will come up with an idea. We've done a lot of celebrity sports And people don't realize athletes. you talk about planning far in advance. Yeah. You, you, well, you're, you're not, not going to do this until, until Yeah, you're yeah. not going to do this until, until the fall when yeah. the, when the right. um, corn is, is grown and ready to, ready yeah. to move. So you're doing, you're doing this planning in June yeah. for September. Yeah. Yeah, September and October. They say you've heard the term knee-high by the 4th of July. That's sweet corn. Right. If like right. farmers that plant sweet corn in Ohio, you want it to be knee high by the 4th of July. 
our corn is literally ankle high by the 4th of July because we don't want it to come too early. We don't want to pick it in August. Right. We want it, and it's field corn. It's a more robust corn that's used to feed animals. It's not, like, you know, and it's not sweet corn, which only gets a certain height. This is right. field corn, which gets way higher, which is perfect for corn mazes. But the boys are usually the ones who pick that out. You know, the LeBron thing happened and uh, was cool because we're sitting in the office one day in, in June and we just put that image of the corn maze on our Facebook account. Within a few hours, uh, the calves reached out to us to ask us if they could share that image right on Instagram. And we're like, yeah, right, absolutely. It's the calves, right? So they shared it. Within a few hours of that, LeBron James himself was tweeting uh, Kelly and Greg Clement we're we're big fans of you guys too. You know we love what you're doing, but keep up the good work. He had at the time 48 mil, million twi- Twitter fo- followers. So once LeBron tweets something, then the national news, ESPN, and and you know CBS Sports, everybody picked it up and was reaching out to us, and um, that was cool because it's something like you get a creative idea, right? right. Ideas don't grow business, but execution of ideas. Break raw business. So when you execute on something to get that recognition was super cool. That that's very that's very cool. But but you've also had other recognition. You you, uh, um, you were voted in 2011 America's most beautiful farm. Yeah, yeah. We had so there was uh, so there was a guy Bruce. I can't remember his last name. Bruce Ward. He was president, the head of uh, President Obama's R- Rural Advisory Council. He ran a contest in 2011. And he picked, he wanted to do America's Most Beautiful Farm. So he picked himself the top 10 most beautiful farms in America. Okay. okay. He picked an apple orchard in Ohio, okay. right, Maple Side. He picked, uh, you know, a dude, dude, dude ranch in Montana, a farm in Texas. Uh, he picked a winery in California, the Napa Valley. He picked an orange grove in Florida. Like all, like geographically, he was well positioned. Sure. Um, and then, you know, I knew as long as we we would get one of the top ten spots, I knew that we'd win, because we like like in my other companies, we're really good at marketing, and we have very large email lists and and right and subscriber bases. So so I knew that hey, if we could get in there that we could send some messages out. And Mapleside had a large following at that that point anyway. The Icings right. had, I think, 20,000 pe- people on their email list. They had like 20,000 fans on Facebook. So we had a little bit of an unfair advantage. But, yeah, we were voted by the public, by, you know, the, the people who voted in that contest, America's Most Beautiful Farm. So that was cool for Mapleside. It's, I think it's cool for the city, cool for Medina County, cool for this region because just the competition was pretty awesome. Yeah, and and you know if you come to Mapleside in the fall, you're you'd be hard pressed to say, yeah, you're not really the most beautiful. It it is a it is a, it's a ma- magical place. For it sure. is a magical place, and if you're down in the valley, just down the hill a little yep. bit, and you look up and you see the spectacular way the the, the barn lays yeah. out and yep. and the beautiful woodwork and how it all incorporates itself. It's hard not to think of it that yeah. way. And it's hard not to think of Mapleside ever not being here because yeah. it is an oasis and it yeah. is it is our central park essentially. It never gets old. I mean it's it's as we're driving around in the gator, the razor around the farm, the golf cart, just the undulation of Mapleside. It's not a flat piece of land, right? No. There's other farms that are flat pieces of land that can do a corn maze and 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 that can put a lot of uh call it just kid stuff around little, 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 little activities. I think the key at Mapleside is 
how do you how do you position things properly so you don't take away from the beauty of the place because that's part of the experience is just being right. on a gorgeous farm like that for sure but, but you but you also talked about it with you weren't looking to have structures all over the farm. No, you were looking to have the right things at the right place yeah. for the engagement and for the for the experience. I mean, yep. when they talk about experiential activities, yeah. what a better place to go except Mapleside Farms in Brunswick, Ohio. Yeah, right, right. I think the best if you really think think about it, the end of our lives, and and I like to talk to people. Uh, like my grandparents and and you have deep conversations with them about life and 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 you know we've all seen the youtube videos or tiktok that at the end of your life like what really matters it always comes down to people to family and friends and experiences it's not how much you worked at the office it's not how much money you made it's not the house you lived in or the car you drive it's always about quality of life and happiness is always about experiencing the world with people you love people that give you energy and don't suck energy away from you. That's and, right. And so that's how we build our friend group, the groups. And that's, I think, a good way to be a good friend is question whether you give energy to people or whether yep. you take it away from them. Right. And you might right. be wondering, I don't have a lot of friends or, or you know, um, how do I increase my relationships, improve my relationships? You, you need to be a rock for everyone around you. You need to be strong. You need to be positive. Uh, life's about perspective. you got to look at things. you got to wake up in the morning. And you got to find the beauty in everything around you versus finding yes. what's wrong in the world. Yeah, sure, there's lots of things wrong. But you know what? There's a million things right. So recognizing that, seeing that, right, it's contagious. It's Positive very much attitudes absolutely. contagious or negative attitudes contagious. You can come into the office in the morning and feel awful and say, oh, my gosh, it's another Monday. It's another Wednesday, whatever it might be. Or you can come into the office and say, hey, it's Monday. Let's get going. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. And, and I would rather be around those folks that are like, yeah. let's get going. Yeah. Yeah, singular message that I've delivered to my boys growing up is don't let the world happen to you. You happen to the world. Like you, you walk into a room, you just, you be the thermostat. Okay, so you adjust the temperature room. Don't let other people take your power away. Like don't give your power out that easily. Like your strength and and, and you're going to make an impact on people. So Right, so do that in a positive way for sure. That's phenomenal. That that's great advice, Greg. I, I really, really enjoyed hearing hearing that. So, Greg, this is about the time when we start talking about a few other things that that might be of of interest to some of our listeners. Um, what types of music do you enjoy? Um, so my wife has listened to music. You know, when when you're a teenager, I never listen to music. It's funny. Um, I never, you know, I never was into music. I like. Probably 80s, like rock and roll. I like the Sticks. I like the Eagles. I like Journey. Um, so probably an 80s child. You know, I was in school growing up in the 80s. Sure. Uh, so that type of music. But but honestly, I appreciate all types of music now. It could be jazz. It could be classical. It, uh, yeah, country is awesome. I like Christian me- music. It's it's. I think in the last 20 years, Christian music has morphed from like going to church on Sunday sounding to amazing, talently talented artists just rocking it out and 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 you know christian music can move you faith is extremely important to me that's sort of my foundation in life for sure so i think just just listening to to you know good positive uplifting music whatever genre that's what i like to do okay great and you can actually see that from from your music in the valleys i mean you you see you see what you do at the farm and you're not seeing negativity no yeah yeah, and, and when yeah, you talk, love when you talk to your folks yeah. there on staff, uh, they 
they talk about how things are going in a good perspective. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So favorite vacation spot? St. John in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Why? So, so Kelly took Manny when Manny was, Kelly went on a cruise, like a, a six-day cruise. I was at a work function or something. Manny was six months old, so she went with her sister and her mom on a cruise in the Caribbean. And they stopped at St. Thomas. This is before we traveled a lot. We've always wanted to travel a lot, like I've always felt. But as a kid growing up, like I went on one vacation as a kid. We went to Houghton Lake, Michigan, one time for four days. Um, my parents just weren't into traveling, right? They had sure. s- seven kids. And, and so I knew that, man, I want to travel and explore the world. You look at it like God's made this big, beautiful, expansive world for us to explore. So let's go go do that. So, so she was on a cruise to St. Thomas took a day thing over to St. John and she comes back and she's like the most beautiful place that she's ever seen. So then the next year we went there and we stayed there and now we've been back in 20 years. We've probably been back 10 times every couple, couple years, rent a villa or, you know, get, get a room. It's just like when, when you think of tropical Island, yep. like that's what St. John is. You pull up to it on a boat, you fly into St. Thomas, you jump on a ferry, you go over to St. John and you're pulling up. There's no commercialization on this Island. So Rockefeller owned this Island in the early 19th century. He donated the Island to the U S national parks. So 80% of the Island is a park. It's undeveloped. There's no subways or McDonald's on this Island, no large hotels. So you think a tropical Island in your head, like in a movie, that's St. John, you get there in the beaches, the hiking, the beaches, the water. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's gorgeous. Excellent. Excellent. Favorite pizza? Just pepperoni, maybe with extra cheese. Just simple. I'm a sim- yeah, simpleton when it comes to pizza. Any particular place of pizza? Um, Brunswick is, is, has a lot of great pizza spots. I, I like Ohio Pie. I like, I like all of them. I like even like Marco's, but Giannino's Ohio Pie is great. Great, um, great American deep dish pizza. Yep. Well, it takes a little bit longer. I think they cook it twice or something. It takes like 40 minutes to get it. <laughs> um, we have an Amish crew that, that built our house on the farm and that, that helped build the barn. We, we become friends with them over the last eight years. They like to come to work in Brunswick at Mapleside because we get them pizza and they want the great American deep dish. <laughs> it, it's so funny. Like they must not get that that type of pizza out in Amish country ever, but they love that pizza for That's sure. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Favorite ice cream? Chocolate, chocolate pe- peanut butter. Do you know any place where you can get that kind of? So we we serve great ice cream. You know, I know Honey Hut's great. Dairy Queen's great. Great. Mint, but Mr. Z's, you know, we've got this small little ice cream shack at the farm. It's open seasonally, but... Uh, Country Parlor ice cream, we we serve, and I yeah, I think it's the best chocolate. It's got the best flavored ice cream, like cho- your chocolate pe- peanut butter. I like hard ice cream more than soft. So an ice cream cone or an ice cream milkshake. So I I make milkshakes myself. Um, just you load scoop after scoop after scoop in there. You put a little milk in, you stir it up. It's like a thick milkshake. That's that's delicious. Uh, I'm getting hungry. I'm getting hungry. So what about, uh, what about, let's go back to the farm for a minute. Pumpkins. You, you have a lot of pumpkins there. Yeah. So we call it pumpkin village and it's, that's sort of the theme that wraps around everything we do in the fall. Uh, we, we build the pumpkin wall, right? End of September. So we start picking pumpkins end of September. Um, but we have acres and eight acres of pumpkins. Um, we have the deer deer. We have a 
ton of deer who love pumpkins too. They jump the fence and they'll eat about half of our pumpkins every year. Really? Yeah, the deer. Deer love when a pumpkin, when you plant a pumpkin seed and it's would grow at blossoms, you plant them in rows, like stacked rows. And we hand plant our pumpkin seeds. We don't have a pumpkin spreader. I forget the exact uh, implement you'd pull on the John Deere tractor, but we've never invested in one. We plant them by by hand right down the rows. It takes, you know, a few hours to do a row, but it's worth it. Um, But then the deer just love to jump over the fence and eat the flowers when it starts to bloom. Um, But yeah, you know, there are 82 different varieties of pumpkins. I didn't know that. The first year we bought the farm, we did research on that. We planted all 82 seeds. We bought, really? we bought, we had to buy seeds from all over the world because some seeds are just like over um, right in the Scandinavian countries. Like, you know, we, we had to get seed, yeah, seeds from all over. We planted all 82 varieties, at least yeah, a dozen seeds of each. Only about 45 or 48 uh, took. Okay. But we sold all these different varieties of pumpkins. So we're sort of known, not a, not just as the pumpkin place where you buy an orange orange pumpkin but you could get a lot of different varieties of pumpkins and gourds and the ghost pumpkins the white pumpkins yes people love the white pumpkins um you know it looks like a jack-o'-lantern looks like an orange one but it's obviously like like bright white so we do some cool things with the pumpkin we build a pumpkin wall every year and put all different types of pumpkins in there so super cool very cool well i grew uh I, I like uh, growing a large vegetable garden myself, and I grew pumpkins for the first time this year. And what we found is after we got them home, uh, because the, the garden's uh, at a different location, uh, it is, um, it, it's quite a delicacy for the squirrels. The squirrels actually oh, yeah. ate into the pumpkins, yeah. cleaned them all out, yeah. kind of lived in there, and then would poke their, their little heads yeah. out. And we weren't very pleased about that. My kids were quite upset um, because <laughs> especially, especially uh, our, our, our middle child, who, who really is the grower of these. And so uh, Dad took the rest of them, put them in the garage, and we'll carve them up. So, uh, yeah, know, pumpkin, it's, it's a big thing, right? Pie, pumpkin beer, um, so which is sold, yeah, sold out all across the country, pumpkin beer, beer this year. You know, they, like these, these breweries only make so much of it right? because it's seasonal. It's seasonal. Right? It's like a bakery that opens up in the morning, bakes everything, and then by 2 o'clock they're sold out or 4 o'clock, they're, like whenever they sell out, they're, they're sold out. We operate in much the same way at the farm. Um, but the different pumpkin desserts that you can make, like we make pumpkin don- donuts. We, we make these homemade apple cider donuts that are like famous, like people wait in line. And, and we're trying to get the lines down. We're trying to pump these donuts out as fast as we can with cinnamon sh- sugar on top. But pe- people come up and they buy four dozen. Oh, my right? gosh. Or three, three dozen. So, um, but we make during pumpkin fest, the two weekends, early October, we make these pumpkin flavored donuts with cinnamon sugar. I mean, they're ridiculous. Like you put it in your mouth and it's just like, man, I could eat six of these easy. I try not to, but yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. No wonder everybody wants to work there. Yeah. Yeah. That's and they awesome. want to work in the snack shack, which is where we do the donuts. Yeah. That's awesome. So if you were standing in line and there was a, there was a stranger in front of you, you never met the person before, oh, what, and, and you got to talking with this person, what advice, what one piece of advice would you give this person? So not at Maple Side. You're you're saying just just you're standing just in life. line at the BM at the DMV Department of Motor Vehicles, or you're standing you're standing waiting for something else somewhere. Yeah, and you get to talking yeah. to somebody. Yeah. What, what is it that you would tell them? Yeah, so I would tell them that most people at some point in their lives will question the meaning of life, 
and it could be as a teenager, it could be in college or 20s, right? For a lot of men, I think it's in our 40s when, when, we've, when we've worked and we've established something or maybe we're not at the level we thought we'd be or we have more success or less success. We start to question like the meaning of life and, and is this it? Is this all that's, that's there? Um, because we're always searching for, right? We think that, that, that goals and success is a destination and we've heard the term, it's, it's the journey, but it really is the journey. It's, it's like you'll never arrive, so my advice is, is the meaning of life is that there's meaning in life, in living, just in, in, in waking up in the morning, taking a breath, enjoying what's around you, right? Adding energy. We talked about, you know, just being a good, 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 positive impact and influence on, on people. I think you, like you want to be the type of person that people walk away from. They're like, man. Yeah, I'm better, right? I'm better because I met that person. Like they, like they're a giver. They're not a taker. Um, but I think it's that simple. The meaning of life is that there's meaning in life and just living. Excellent. Excellent. Greg, if, if people want to get a hold of you and Mapleside, and I know you do a lot of social media blast out there, mm-hmm. how best do they reach out to the farm? Uh, pro- probably just our general uh, info at Mapleside. So we get a lot, a lot of emails. Like when we send emails, if you join our... VIP list, we call it, because we have like, for example, bre- bre- Breakfast with Santa in December. It sells out super quick every year. You know, uh, the wine tasting, the corn maze. A lot of the events we, we do, they sell out uh, quickly. So to get on our VIP list, you know, you go to mapleside.com and you just pop your email in the VIP list and you'll, you'll be the first group of people to get notified when we do these things. Um, but but absolutely, if you want to dro- you dro- you drop us a personal line, just info at mapleside.com would be the best way. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Greg, I can't thank you enough for your time today. It's, it's been very enlightening hearing more about the history of Mapleside, your involvement with it from the Clements to the Isons to the beginning of it. The prescription for good country sunshine yeah, was, was golden. Crazy. Yep. And, uh, but, but the apples and the fact, that, uh, the fact that a apple was invented here in Brunswick, Ohio, the Melrose. It's the state fruit of Ohio. It, it's, a, it's the state fruit of Ohio. The Melrose, the Melrose is the state fruit invented by Bill Ison, the state fruit of Ohio, which is super cool. That is super cool. Yeah. So I thank you very much. I'm going to come up and watch the MSN Network, the Mapleside Sports Network. Yeah, and watch for sure pigs, you have to do that. The Pigs Run. Last weekend, this weekend. Okay. So send me a text, Grant, for okay, sure. Okay, that'll be great. We'd love to have you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, I want to, th- I want to thank Greg and, and all his time uh, for speaking to us today. This has been a cup and a conversation, and we appreciate all your time and listening. Have a great one.